Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Let's welcome in our guest, David Behrman. You can find his work with ESPN. Joins us here now on Bet MGM Tonight. David, thanks for giving us a couple minutes, man. How are you doing? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We're, we're doing good, as you just heard from Quentin. I'm not the biggest uh, Wednesday fan, but we got preseason football <laughs> coming up tomorrow, so I am excited for the Hall of Fame game, even though uh, nobody's going to be playing in it. Let's talk a little golf to start off, though. Uh, what do you like this weekend at the St. Jude? Any outrights, sleepers, props, or matchups that have caught your eye? Yeah, this is an interesting one, guys. I'll tell you why. You know, you, you, I don't always look at the travel and jet lag and stuff like that because golf is a week-to-week-to-week sports, and these guys crisscross the country. But then you get a situation where there were players in England who then went to Minnesota and then went to Japan, and now it's Memphis. So right off the bat, if you look at a couple of the favorites like Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Morikawa and Xander off career-defining wins at the Open Championship and Olympic gold medal – going from Japan all the way back to Minnesota. So I'm not going to play them. And I'm looking at guys who didn't go to Japan, and that's not, you know, that, that doesn't automatically mean just because you played in the Olympics and you have to fly, you're not going to play well. I would be, wouldn't be stunned at all if any of those favorites played well. But there's a guy named Brooks Kepka who's also one of the favorites this week who hasn't traveled to Japan and back, who also plays this event very well and, more importantly, plays this course well. For those that don't know, the, the FedEx, the uh, the FedEx St. Jude's challenge is in Memphis and it's been there for about 40 years. And it's now been a WGC event for the last two years. Brooks won this in 2019 runner up last year. And before it was a WGC, he had two other top three finishes on this course in Memphis. So plays it well. And and, and if you look at the winners, the last six years, five of them led the field in T to green shots gained and Brooks Kepka third on tour in Tita Green. If you look at his tw- last 24 rounds at this course, second overall in Tita Green, third off the tee. So it's no surprise that, you know, Brooks Koepka is at the top of the leaderboard. But if you're looking at him and you're looking at matchups with him versus Xander or him versus JT or him versus Morikawa, keep in mind how well he plays his course better than everybody. And he didn't have to travel across the, the globe the last couple of weeks. So he's one of the ones that I'm looking at. David, um, I'm not a huge uh, golf guy. Ryan's our golf insider over here. But I must say, I just saw this video of your son getting that iron game down on Twitter. <laughs> I, I've tried to golf one time, and it was atrocious. It took me like 17 hours to get through eight holes. It was rough. Your son's swing looks better than mine will ever be in my entire life, and I'm only 24 years old. Yeah, I thank you for that. It's already better than my swing. And I'm out there two, three times a week trying to beat my head against the tree as to why I can't hit the ball straight. I go out there and I take a video of my son and call it what it is. When he focuses, the kid can hit. It's when he doesn't focus and he's all over the place. And he went up there, uh, the, the tee shot was before that, and he swung and missed. Then he swung and got divot, and then he focused and hit one down the middle. And then I got the camera out and I said, okay, let's, let's check out the iron game. And then I got the video of him, and it was fantastic. When he focuses, he does extremely well out there. Uh, so I'm with you. I love Brooks this weekend. Um, also, I wanted to get your thoughts on Scotty Scheffler, who's actually been playing pretty damn good. He's uh, wrecked up, what has he got, top 10 finishes and four of his last five starts on the tour. Three of those came in majors. What do you think about Scotty Scheffler or maybe even um, – you know, Dustin Johnson was having a rough go, or maybe even Dustin Johnson this weekend, maybe as well. 
I do like Scotty Scheffler. You're right. He has played well recently. And, and just as important is he's done well in these big events. You mentioned the majors and how he's done in the last couple of majors. He finished runner up at the last WGC event, which was the match play in Austin to Billy Horschel, who I also like this week. So I think Scheffler has the tee to green game and he scrambles well to get it done here. I'll throw another name out there for you. Cause I know I gave you Brooke Kepka, who's one of the favorites and no one's tuning into the show to see somebody pick favorites. <laughs> no. Watch Daniel Berger this week, 25 to one can get him at two to one at a top 10 finish. Similar to Kepka played well here as a WGC event also played well before as a WGC event, won this title in back to back years in 2016 and 2017, when it was just the St. Jude event leading the field in that all-important tee-to-green metric. He was runner-up last year at the event to Justin Thomas. 29th tee-to-green, 14th overall, 8th in hitting greens, which is huge because these greens, while usually an average PGA Tour greens measure out to about 56 to 6,000 square feet of greens, this course, only 4,300 small greens, have to be able to scramble well, have to be able to hit the greens, and he does that. So I like Daniel Berger this week, a guy who's won here twice, not just when it was a weak field, but also was runner-up last year um, as a WGC event to Justin Thomas. You mentioned Dustin Johnson. I am going to play him this week, guys. I'm not going to play him to win, but I am going to play him to be in a top 10 at plus 150 if you can get that price, and I'll be playing him in in, in matchups if you can get the right matchup, and I'll tell you why. He's also won at this course twice, two other top 10s at this course, and finished in the top 20 both years as WGC event. So why am I not taking him? You know as well as I do that you have not seen the normal Justin Johnson the last few weeks. He did have a flash at the Open. He opened with a really good Thursday, Friday to get into the leaderboard. Faded on Saturday with, you know, with not breaking par, which is all too familiar. And then he goes ahead and misses the cut in Memphis at the 3M event that was not a very strong field. If I were to tell you that, if I were to ask you how many top 10s Dustin Johnson's had since he won in February, what answer would you give me? Not a whole lot, man. <laughs> Wait, no, no, how many has he had? Two of them. Yeah, two, yeah. Two of them. Two top 10s since February. So why am I playing him in a top 10? Because I think he is too good at this course. Right. And, by the way, he has six World Golf Championship titles, which is second to Tiger, who absurdly has 18, but everything Tiger does is absurd. Dustin Johnson has the second most WGC titles, plays well in these short field events that only have 60 to 70 people in them, really plays well at this course and has been a machine in these type of games. If he brings his A game, there's nobody better on tour than Dustin Johnson. Yeah, have not agree. seen his A game since the Masters last November, but he is good enough to get a top 10 because that's what he does at this course. Uh, that's a great point right there. Yeah, he had the win in 2018, then finished fifth, I believe, in 2016 there as well. What do you think? Okay, so you brought up Daniel Berger, and I absolutely love that you did because mm-hmm. I was looking at a matchup. Somebody that I usually don't like to fade is Callum Morikawa, obviously. Tied for fourth at the Olympics. Before that, he won his second career major championship. He's only 24 years old. I just feel like he's going to be a little jet-lagged coming back from the Olympics. What do you think about maybe a matchup like that? Or what are your thoughts on Colin this weekend? Obviously a guy that you don't like to fade. I just feel like that trip right there might take its toll on him. Not only do I think the trip might take its toll, but if you actually go further back to when he won his first major at the PGA last September, he didn't play very well afterwards. It took him about six or seven events to get back to Colin Morikawa's status. Maybe he was on a victory tour. Maybe he was letting his guard down. He did play decent over at the Olympics where he almost got the bronze medal, but lost in the playoff. Um, Again, a 60-person field of which two-thirds of which none of us had ever heard of, and I do this for a living. So 
I'm kind of going to take the Olympics out of the equation for a minute because that's just a different animal all by itself. The last time he won a major, he didn't play well afterwards. So now you're following a major up, and he went all the way to Japan and back with not much rest. I'm thinking it's too much. He's not a guy that I'd like to fade. He also has a really good game for this course. He's among the best in the game at Tita Green. So I don't want to discount that, but I would take Daniel Berger in this matchup. And while I'm not going to do a straight fade of Morikawa, just not playing him at all is a fade in my book. So I may not play a lot against him, but I'm not going to take him to win the event or in the top 10. We're joined now by David Behrman of ESPN, deputy editor of sports betting over there. He does a lot of great stuff with ESPN. Let's take a quick transition over here now to the NFL. Uh, We haven't had preseason football in a long time. And all of us degenerates over here are looking at the first game at the hall of fame game, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, the Cowboys are one and a half point underdogs, uh, or the spread. Pretty much a pick. Pretty much yeah. a pick them here. Um, plus one twenty on the money line. Are you touching either team here in the NFL preseason? How do you bet preseason in general? Well, just what's your feeling um, uh, with football starting tomorrow night? I can't believe it actually starts tomorrow night. For one, right. I mean, it was just one of those things. You wake up one day and like, holy crap, the preseason starts. Uh, I'm not going to be betting tomorrow night's game. I usually let the first week or two go in before you start finding out who's going to be playing. It's really tough because you really don't know how much these guys are going to play. You're not going to see Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. So if those guys aren't playing, what exactly are you betting on? And you look no further than the totals of these games. I'm looking at the first couple of games, and this total is 33, and then next week's game is 33, 35, 33, 38. Right in there, they're telling you, don't expect offense. Don't expect a lot of clean football. Uh, some teams just got to camp last week. I know Dallas and Pittsburgh got to camp the week before. I'm not going to play it, but if I were to play it, I would – I mean, it's it's the Hall of Fame game, so you're not exactly like you have any home field advantage one way or another. Uh, I think Dallas is the better team. If I look at my, my power rankings for the NFL teams, I have Dallas slightly ahead of Pittsburgh. So if you're going based on that and nothing else, I would take Dallas with the point or even just take the money line at plus 120. But really, guys – it's a crapshoot. You're talking about yeah. preseason football. It, it's August 5th. You have right. no idea who's going to suit up or what offense they're going to play. So I usually wait until week two or three before you start picking up on things. But if I were going to help anybody on the show, I would just tell you, if you're going to do anything, take the Baltimore Ravens. They've won like a million yep. consecutive preseason games. The only coach in the world who actually gives a crap about John Harbaugh. football is yep. John Harbaugh. <laughs> I talked about so, this last night, David. Yep. <laughs> it, it's It's one of those things where – if you were to go look and study for trends, there isn't a better one than that one. For what that's worth, um, there's enough golf, Olympics, and some other things. I'd say baseball, but I've learned my lesson a long time ago that the best baseball bet is the one you don't bet, don't make. So I'm going to concentrate on the golf and the Olympics, and then I'll start getting into uh, the NFL as the preseason goes on. But I would tell you, of these two teams, uh, I do think – and like Dallas better overall for big picture futures for, for the football season. Um, I think that Dak comes back a lot easier than Ben does. And, and they're just, you know, Dallas is loaded as we know. Um, I think they do win the NFC East. So I'd play them to win that. And Pittsburgh, that's a tough division. You got a really good Cleveland team, a really good Baltimore team and improving Cincinnati team. So overall big picture, if you're looking at the future market or the win market or divisions, I would lean towards taking Dallas before I did anything with Pittsburgh. David, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes, man. We hope to have you back again soon, especially when we got college football in the NFL 
going down because I'm with you on baseball, man. I, I like to play futures, but playing baseball every night, I mean, it's it's just so tough. He's cried every night, but also smiled, so I don't get this guy, man. Well, I'm, I'm on a good run, but you know how that goes, David. Next week will be a whole other week, and it won't be so good. I joked the other day that I think I got my six-week chip in the mail for not betting a baseball game. But, you know, one, uh, I feel like I'm winning. So yeah. um, enjoy the guys. Have fun and, and enjoy the golf this week. Thanks, Thanks so man. much, David. That's David Behrman. You can find him on Twitter, D. Behrman ESPN, the deputy editor, sports betting with ESPN.